KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, July 22nd. Opinions divided on care court proposal. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County officials are reminding people that coronavirus treatment is available. This comes as COVID cases in San Diego County remain high, with more than 12,000 a week. The county says it's important to seek help as soon as possible to see if available treatments are right for you. Talk to your health care provider or call 211 for help finding a provider. Drug use among local offenders is on the rise for men and on the decline for women. That's according to a report released by Sandag yesterday as part of its substance abuse monitoring program. The use of drugs for men arrested in the San Diego region is the highest it's been in 22 years. Meanwhile, female arrestees are testing positive for drugs at the lowest rate in 14 years. The new report found that 83% of males and 60% of females tested positive for at least one illicit substance, which includes marijuana, methamphetamine, and cocaine. The findings were based on a random sampling of detainees interviewed last year at the San Diego Central Jail and the Las Colinas Detention Facility. It's going to be a hot day today, dangerously hot in some areas. An excessive heat warning has been issued for San Diego County deserts until 8 o'clock tonight. The National Weather Service recommends drinking plenty of fluids, staying in air-conditioned areas, and staying out of the sun. Temperatures will start to drop tomorrow. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. There's a bill making its way through the state legislature that aims to create a new legal option to help people living with a serious mental illness. The proposal intends to offer them life-saving treatment and has wide support from state lawmakers. But not everyone agrees. KPCC's Robert Garova reports. The plan, first introduced by Governor Gavin Newsom in spring, is called the Community Assistance Recovery and Empowerment Act, or CARE Court for short. And the basics are this. People living with a serious, untreated mental illness could be referred for a court-ordered care plan. The court intervention could be initiated by a family member, county behavioral health workers, or even first responders. If the care plan fails, the person could be hospitalized or referred to a conservatorship. That might mean forced treatment, stripping some of the patient's individual rights. The secretary of the California Health and Human Services Agency, Mark Galley, says part of the goal is to make sure people living with a serious mental illness don't have to get to that most drastic step. One of the key tenets of care court is to prevent, avoid conservatorship. Galley says there's broad agreement that something needs to change. He says care court could help between seven and 12,000 Californians, but not everyone agrees. 
Fun care, not cages. Protesters in front of the LA County Board of Supervisors called for the county to bring thousands of mental health treatment beds online. They say that would divert some of the people in LA County jails living with a serious mental illness. Some 40 groups, including Disability Rights California and ACLU California Action, signed a letter opposing Care Court. California Senator Tom Umberg, co-author of the Care Court bill, says he's fully aware of those concerns. And those, particularly family members who had tried everything and now are tearing their hair out because they don't know where to go and they don't know what to do. New York University sociology professor Alex Barnard is currently researching involuntary treatment in California. He says it can be difficult to untangle where family struggles are tied to their family members not realizing they need help and refusing treatment. And the fact that the system is just incredibly complicated for families to navigate and often isn't providing what they think they need and what their family members might actually accept if it was given to them. Experts estimate California should have at least 50 psychiatric inpatient beds for every 100,000 people. According to data from 2016, it had less than half of that. Barnard says in places like France, which has a public mental health care system, they don't need judges ordering people around because treatment is guaranteed. I think in the U.S. we believe we can innovate our way out of crises. You know, at some point, there's a question of just what is the basic infrastructure here? Like, where are the clinics? Where are the housing units? Who are the professionals? Barnard also questions whether Care Court could put further strain on public guardians' offices throughout the state. Scarlett Hughes is executive director of the California Association of Public Guardians. She believes Care Court would open the door for more conservatorships in the state without any long-term funding for a system that's already struggling. Every single county is having enormous problems finding appropriate placements for their clients at all levels of care. Mental health advocate and writer Victoria Marie Alonzo grew up in Downey and now lives on the Central Coast. She's also a new grandma. My family is my most important thing. Alonzo says she suffered through hallucinations and thought she was receiving messages from God two decades ago. In 2008, a team of doctors eventually diagnosed her with schizoaffective disorder, which she says is now in remission. About 10 years ago, she was part of a mental health crisis team which went out on calls in Santa Barbara County. You know, I had to go like two, three hours away to find them a bed, and they were suicidal, and they needed help right away. So like crisis teams, I mean, their hands are tied when there's no bed. Alonzo likes the idea that CareCord would allow family members to bring up concerns about their loved one's mental health. Because so often people who suffer from a serious mental disorder that's untreated have no way to advocate for themselves. But Alonzo worries that people could have unfair restrictions put on them if family members or other care court petitioners don't have their best interest at heart. She says she'd like to see more investment in preventative care and education so that maybe a court never has to enter the picture. That was KPCC's Robert Garova. The strike at Hilton Bayfront ended in less than a day. Roughly 600 unionized workers reached a tentative agreement late Wednesday with the San Diego Hotel. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer has more. The deal comes after hundreds of hotel workers began striking Wednesday morning. Many formed a picket line in front of the hotel, which is next to the convention center where Comic-Con is being held. President of Unite Here Local 30, Bridget Browning, said in a statement, We did not want to strike during the important week for San Diego tourism, but it's clear this is what it took to get the wages and benefits these workers deserve. Workers were asking for a $4 raise over two years. The union has yet to say whether that's what they got. 
In an emailed statement, a Hilton San Diego Bayfront spokesperson said, Hilton San Diego Bayfront is pleased to have reached a tentative labor agreement with Unite Here Local 30, which will benefit our valued team members represented by the union. Further details will be released when the contract is ratified by union members and becomes finalized. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, Seaport Village is heading towards a makeover. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Maracal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, Maracal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Port of San Diego commissioners are another step closer to deciding whether to approve a massive renovation of the Seaport Village site. Here's KPBS reporter John Carroll. The first proposal from the developer, One Highway One, to massively change Seaport Village came six years ago. The process slowed way down during the pandemic, but now it's moving forward again. On Thursday, commissioners heard about changes made in the plan since the last update they received in March. The commissioners heard from more than two dozen members of the public. Most of them said they're against the proposal. Developer Yehudi Gaffin responded, saying they're still open to making changes. We know that the project is still going to change as we move forward till we actually reach a groundbreaking, but we're 100% committed to deal with with whatever obstacle comes before us. The project still has several more steps to go through before it comes to a final vote. John Carroll, KPBS News. The San Marcos Creek Restoration Project has been going on for nearly three years, and the recent closure of a major thoroughfare has some residents fuming. People living on a residential street being used as a detour say drivers are creating havoc. KPBS North County reporter Alexander Wynn has details. The people are just speeding through here. They have no regard for the safety of of the people. That's Russell Wilson. He lives in Applewild Drive between Discovery Street and Via Vera Cruz. He says since the city closed part of Discovery Street for the San Marcos Creek project, car traffic has increased tenfold on Applewild. A few doors down from Wilson is Beth Avant. With a school nearby, she is concerned about children's safety. It's, it has been um, definitely more dangerous on this street. City officials say they understand the residents' frustration and have been working to reduce traffic volume on Applewild. They've been asking people to avoid the area. Construction for the creek project started in 2020 to prevent flooding in the area and to preserve the creek habitat. It is expected to be completed by next spring. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. Comic-Con isn't just about superheroes and fantasy. It's also about harnessing pop culture to create social change. 
KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado tells us about a black writer and creator from the UK who is hoping to do just that with a series. Among the hustle and bustle of the small press exhibitors at San Diego Comic-Con, you'll find Yomi Ayeni, the mastermind behind the futuristic book and comic series set in Victorian England called Clockwork Watch. Which is uh, a steampunk story that revisits the world of colonialism, but puts it in a way that everyone can engage with the story. Ayeni says creating a series that helps people escape into a fantasy world is the easy part. The hard part, getting fans to emerge from it, wanting to take action. The story itself gives you an opportunity to look in the mirror and uh, question your background, but also ask whether you as an individual can make the world a better place. Through the book, he's fundraising for a school in Kenya that takes in underage girls to prevent them from being forced into marriages. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. We also have a few weekend arts events to share with you, compliments of KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans. First up is a production that's on our list of must-sees. It's the final weekend to catch the musical Lempica at the La Jolla Playhouse. The Broadway-bound musical production profiles the iconic Polish art deco artist Tamara de Lempica. The remaining showtimes are 8 p.m. tonight, 2 and 8 p.m. tomorrow, and 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Sunday at the La Jolla Playhouse. Next up, country group The Chicks will be in concert at the Chula Vista Amphitheater Saturday night. They will be joined by special guest Jenny Lewis. Here's a little taste of Gaslighter by The Chicks. The concert starts at 7 p.m. at the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater in Chula Vista. And finally, we can't forget about Comic-Con. If you want to check out Comic-Con but don't have a ticket, not to worry. There are plenty of off-site activities you can attend downtown. We've got you covered with a list of top off-site events that don't require a badge. Find that list and details about all the arts events mentioned at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and producer MLM Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.